Hi, Rose. This is Gary from New York, and I am a proud listener of the Kiss Me Quick series, and so glad that you are doing this. I appreciate uh, your reading and the stories, and they are great. Uh, again, thank you. Hi, Gary from New York. Thank you so much for calling. That just tickled me pink. Mwah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love what I do. Hey, Lurid listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quick's free erotica podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. All right, well, let's see. That was such a fantastic call. Um, what other good news do I have? I have Sweet Danger, Erotic Stories of Forbidden Desire for Couples, still on the erotica bestseller list in Audible. It's also available in iTunes. Um, so thank you so much to all of those that have gotten their copies and to everyone that has left their sexy reviews. It is so nice. If you haven't spent your Audible credit yet, or if you don't have a membership, go get one. Go check out all the audiobooks that I have done. They are all really good. Just type in Rose Caraway in Audible or in iTunes, and everything that I have done will pop right up. By the way, if you sign up for a uh, new membership in Audible, you get a free book. So there okay. you go. And if you leave me a review, a nice review, I will put you on the list to receive my next audiobook, Tool, The Misadventures of Porn Star Eddie the Auger Harley for free. If you are already on the list, it's that lurid listener list. If you guys have been to my website, you'll see it's a little tab there. Check your email in about one week. I am so excited to finally get that thing out to you guys. So um, there you go. Check your, your email bo books, box. What is it called? <laughs> your email box in one week and Tool will be sitting there waiting for you. I have one more really quick voicemail from Lurid listeners Steve and Melissa from St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, Rose. This is Steve and Melissa. We really like your stories and your narration. It's awesome. We would love to hear you do a story of your personal experiences. That would be awesome. We're out of the St. Louis area in Missouri. Thank you, Rose. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Ah, oh, Steve, thanks for calling. Um... I've thought about it. Um, I guess to some degree, all of the stories that I have written are some, somewhat based on personal experiences. Um, the first one that kind of comes to mind is Voodoo Dildo. Um, I actually had a guy call who wanted directions. Did I say directions? <laughs> it's a combination of Tourette's and Tourette's. <laughs> I was just thinking you want to say erections. Oh, he definitely had an erection. Um, I actually did have a guy call. Um, I worked at a pizza restaurant, and I did have a guy call frequently uh, wanting directions. I'm using my little quote fingers. Um, he called several times, and I did hang up after the first time. But the guy actually finished because I had no idea what the heck he was doing. I thought he was, you know, tired or something. He was breathing quite hard and it was awkward. Um, but I did hang up and he didn't call, you know, like every day at the same time like I did write in Voodoo Dildo. But the guy called and he wanted me to slowly give him directions. Um, and part of me kind of wanted to to draw it out and see what would happen. But, you know, my... my um, 
my girly side said, you know, you're kind of gross. So I hung up. So that was based on a true story. Um, Some of my stories are actually based on situations that have happened. I do have a story that hasn't been uh, written all the way yet. So it's not out on the show, um, but it will be. I was actually hoping to make this story into a series um, starring a girl named Trixie. And the first episode was going to be called Weed Whacker, and it's based on a girl who runs a business satisfying men in whatever way that they they ask her. So um, the first episode, Weed Whacker, takes place in a cemetery, and the guy is the gardener there. He's the groundskeeper, and he's, you know, it opens up with him doing some weed whacking. Um, so the true situation is that Big Daddy and I, way, way back when we first met, were looking for a place to have lunch, um, and we found this little country cemetery out i think it was by your high school wasn't it isn't it out by your high school yeah yeah way out there okay um yeah it was in the middle of the nowhere Uh, so we thought um so we you know had our little kfc picnic out in the cemetery i don't remember which headstone we were by but you know we did look at them because it's always neat to kind of tour the cemeteries um i guess i should say i ended up with well, we ended up with greasy lips. I had the greasy nips and ass when we were done. Um, I did see the groundskeeper. I don't know if you did, but we did. There was a guy there, and he was a groundskeeper. I to this day don't know if he saw us, but that was my first public daylight cemetery sex. So I there did. you go. <laughs> I did wonder where that twenty dollar bill came <laughs> <Whatever>. from. <laughs> Anywho, so the camp, you know, like all writers, we all base something on something real. Um, I think that that's what makes the best writing. If you try to make it up and you don't really know, then it's probably not going to be quite as good as if you write something that you do know. So there you go, Steve and Melissa from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Yay. (laughs) A little bit of uh, Rose's real sex life. From 25 years ago. I know. I know. Well. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. How old am I? Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't that long ago. It was It was more what? than 10 years, though. Oh, yeah. It was 20. <clears throat> Don't say 20. <laughs> yeah, it was 20. All right. Anyways. All right. Enough about me. Today, we have finally one of my stories. It's called Dualities. Um it's a story of, I guess, in the end, it's a story of acceptance. It's a sci-fi. It's not heavy with spaceships or monsters or anything like that. Um, it's about a man who is tied up by his alien girlfriend, and he loves her a lot. He, he, he wants to devote his life to her. Um, and he is forbidden to speak. Uh, but in order to have her forever, he has to make the decision to accept her for what she is and somehow prove to her that he loves her unconditionally in this sort of a scene. So it's, it's I guess you could say BDSM. He is tied, um, but he has to prove it to her silently. I, I don't want to give it away. There's a lot more involved in the story. There's, you know, an underlying theme, um, but 
I don't want to give any of it away. So I'm going to leave it to your interpretation. And I do really, really, really hope that you guys enjoy it. I present Dualities, written by me. I like it when she turns the lights low like this, because when she walks around me, her silhouette becomes a sensual whisper. She is completely naked, save that shiny, short little skirt and those thigh-high boots that make her legs look like black liquid. Her fingertips touch my skin with the softness of warm flower petals as she wraps the rope around my wrists. The slow zip of the braided rope she drags over the eye beam above makes my nipples hard. She leans in, her lips so damn close to mine that I can feel their heat. I want to stick the tip of my tongue out just to taste those experienced lips of hers. But slowly she pulls the rope taut and my wrists are pulled upwards toward the ceiling until my arms are straight and my weight isn't quite the same. I feel lighter, though both feet are still flat on the cold steel floor. I hold my breath so that I can hear and feel the sigh escape from her lips when she's satisfied with my new position. The arches of my feet tingle. My cock is beginning to flood with blood. Commanding officer of the majority, Earth's take-no-shit military police force. Billy gets a particular kick out of that alone. The native officer and the alien newcomer. She loves to hear about me catching the bad guys. You know, hero stories. She'll bend over warp speed if I string the words smuggler, contraband, and shootout in the same sentence. Yeah, she's a heroism junkie. But tonight isn't about that. And when I say her, let me clarify. A duality's sexuality is purely subjective. I can't tell you how many bar fights alone I used to bust up just because some assholes couldn't agree to disagree. Dualities have a physical nature that confuses most earthborn men and women. It can fuck with your head pretty quickly. But right now, this one tying me up has something. I have come to need. And I can't wait. But I must wait. I must be sure. Or she will abandon me right here in the almost dark forever. It was obvious to the majority that we couldn't call them it's because they are people after all. Trust me, scientists work their asses off trying to prove it and then disprove it. There are some major physical differences between us and them, though. For example, 
The dualities naturally have no hair anywhere, and that makes for a smooth fucking ride. Aside from all of them having the most beautiful caramel-colored skin that ranges from light to dark, Billy's people have spectacular nocturnal vision. Which is why my sweet, sweet Billy is having no trouble with her ropes right now. They have incredible reflexes, too. I've seen her pluck a gnat out of the night sky like it was nothing. They also have long, dexterous, serpentine tails, another of my favorite things about her. But the last major difference, well, I have some trouble with still. But the almost dark is helping me with this. That's why I'm here, to focus my desire, to sort myself out. In fact, the majority nearly had a civil war on their hands when our people started fucking their people, which, by the way, was practically immediate. That's when the zealots took their stand. Their position was that since this androgynous race was indeed more sexually diverse than us, they should not only be accepted, but sexual relations between the two peoples should be favored. They also felt that we shouldn't use labels like men or women, since the newcomers were both male and female in body. The zealots even tried to form the language efficiency team, whose purpose was to redefine and restructure pronouns. The term dualities came along when scientists discovered the sadomastic tendencies of these newcomers. And that's when the controversy regarding sexual intermingling really took off. Our people are just too scared to be honest with themselves about how they like to fuck. Right now, coitus with the dualities is illegal. But I'm an officer of the majority. I know how to keep certain things secret. That tight enough, sweetling? Unlike most of the people of Earth, my beautifully bald Billy knows how to use words and my body very well. Her lips stray to my earlobe, and my veins burn with the pressure of hard lust when her bare nipples graze my chest. It makes my balls draw up tight and my palms sweat. She pulls the rope a bit more, my heels nearly leave the floor. Yes, Domina, thank you. My voice strains in the small, almost dark room. Good boy. Now close your eyes and do not speak unless I instruct you to. Her breath against my earlobe teases my cock and she knows it because the moan that escapes my lips just now makes her tug the rope harder. She flicks her tail and strikes my ass with one delicious hot snap. She plays our game very well. I didn't give you permission to moan, did I? The sensations as her voice waves reverberate against my bare skin makes the bell of my cock swell, and I am sure I am dripping already. Billy loves to make me drip. Hopefully it will please her enough to forgive my careless infraction, my selfish disobedience. You may breathe and blink, that is all. I know that she is pleased with my renewed obedience because the rope is tugged yet again by her skilled hand, 
Her strength sends delighted shivers down my spine, and I clench my buttocks with anticipation. The balls of my feet are all that touch the floor now, and though the rope digs into both my wrists with its coarse fibers, I let my head fall back in elation. I'm intoxicated by the tight stretch, the hard pull, and the near weightlessness it's giving me. Billy's soft chuckle carries in the almost dark as she steps away from me to fasten the rope to an anchor I know is on the nearby wall. Automatically, my eyes close all on their own. I want only to listen as her heels strike the steel floor like a hammer against an anvil with each purposeful step she takes. When she speaks next, it's from behind, at my left ear. The predator has circled her prey. God, how my cock drips because of it. Now, sweetling, Billy takes another step, and now her deep, purring voice caresses just behind my right shoulder. She reaches around and drags a sharp nail down the center of my chest and the entire length of my trembling abdomen, slowly teasing me as though she were cutting me open. Now I have you where I want you. When her nail leaves my skin, I can still feel the shadowed, prickling burn of its sharp edge. Suddenly, I can't find my breath because her fist has closed around my cock. A rumbling groan billows from my throat of its own free will. Silence! Another stinging spank across my ass sends the blood to my cock with such force it feels like I could come right now. My throat works hard. Shame wrestles with desire as I try to compose myself. Billy waits for what feels like an eternity before she begins stroking me again, smearing the warm liquid that seeps from my cock. Then her tail snakes around my balls until my sack feels tight. Good boy. You are very hard. I like that. And I can smell that delicious sex juice of yours. I can hear the lust in her voice against my back. My flesh erupts in goosebumps. Then she takes a section of my flesh between her teeth and bites my shoulder. She uses both her hands to pump me, extracting more pre-cum. The balls of my feet begin to feel numb as I gently press my hips forward. Her thumb smears my juice over the tip of my cock. In my mind, I imagine that it's her tongue, lapping licking and tasting. But now her hands, tail, and gripping teeth are gone. The warm air of the room is all that touches my sweat-soaked skin. Worry courses through my brain. Disappointment floods my blood. I snap my head up, temples pounding, but obediently I keep my eyes closed, hopeful, listening. Don't worry, my love. I'm just getting a stool. Her voice soothes my fear like a mother gently singing a lullaby, her heels keeping time like a metronome. Now I hear the sound of the short wooden legs of the stool as she places it in front of me. I nearly open my eyes but squeeze them tight at the last second before I ruin everything. I have come tonight for one purpose. Billy and I have been seeing one another for almost six months. 
Our secret rendezvous are always passionate and energetic. But time has passed quickly, and the more I learn from her, the more of her I want. From the very beginning, Billy has been kind, gentle. She knows my body better than I do. She goes as far as I want, never pushes me beyond what I can mentally or physically handle. She has taught me more about myself than anyone. I have learned the importance of trust and that even the most powerful, heroic soldier for the majority must know needs to surrender his control occasionally. This is why I love Billy. She understands me. She understands my needs. Billy lets me put myself in her hands without fear. I don't have to control everything. I can surrender. She loves me, too, but she refuses to be in a monogamous relationship with me unless I accept her completely. Tonight, in the almost dark, Billy is putting her trust in me as much as I am in her, even though I am the one restrained. Both of us will discover if this love we share was meant to be. After tonight, things are going to change. My throat is empty of its lubricating moisture. My lips are dry. I instinctively want to lick them, but I haven't gotten Billy's permission, so I leave my lips as they are. I can feel the sudden pressure of heat against the length of my body, like a shield of energy, as she steps onto the stool. I flex my blood-filled fingers. The rope scratches and digs into my tender wrists. My feet feel like nothing more than blunt stilts holding me in place, but I know that Billy won't let me fall. The musky scent of her sex makes me dizzy. I forget that I still must not move, but instinct wins out. My tongue flicks out on its own volition, nervously to wet my parched lips. Billy's swift fingers catch my face, her vice-like grip pinching my cheeks together, forcing my lips to purse. My tongue is caught in mid-lick, and another stinging spank lands on my ass. And my hips push forward. My cock wants to fuck. No, no, sweetling. You weren't permitted to wet those lips of yours. Her voice, though still quite low, has a new sound. It is her own lust threatening to upheave her composure. I feel breath against my face, then the hot wetness of her sweet mouth, the graze of her teeth as she drags them over my thirsty, dry tongue. Then her teeth come together. I wince. The sharpness is dulled immediately when her hand closes around my cock again. She strokes with a tight fist while thrusting her tongue deeper into my throat, mercifully quenching my thirst. Then she releases my cheeks, allowing me to kiss her in return now. Though my weight hurts my wrists, I eagerly push myself up a little higher to reach Billy's delicious mouth. I am lost in the wet cave of kisses and her vigorous, absorbing cockstrokes when I feel there is a new sensation. 
hot wetness pressing against my cock's lubricated tip. It's a soft yet sturdy, gentle probing. She's removed her skirt. Her kisses are changing now. They are demanding more effort from me. Two firm breasts push into my chest, and Billy's hips push and grind against mine. Her cock nudges against my abdomen, while mine prods against hers. She strokes us both while groaning into my mouth. I wish my hands were free. I want to pull her to me, to touch her. Her kisses stop. Touch me, sweetling. Slowly, my eyes open in the almost dark. Her sweat captures the candlelight like tiny specks of glitter all over her smooth head and face. Her eyes are full of passion, lust, and love. But there is also an unmistakable dark edge in them as well, as though she has prepared herself for my denial. My head is racing, my arms ache, and the balls of my feet are numb stubs of nothing now. But how am I to touch her? I am restrained. It is then that I realize that her hands have stopped stroking me, that they have fallen to her sides. The golden candlelight is dancing over her lithe frame as I let my gaze fall down the length of her nakedness. She still hasn't given me permission to speak, but I want to say the words, the words that I know will instantly set her fear at ease. Her small breasts rise and fall with each breath she takes. The tight muscles of her abdomen shape their strength with the same impassioned breaths. Then I see her, the part of her which she fears I will not accept. I cannot look at her eyes at that moment. I am afraid to see the terrible fear that I know is waiting there. The golden darkness casts a dancing light over the shape of it. It is smaller than mine but erect just as powerfully. This is the first time she's allowed me to see the front of her. It strains my neck and shoulders to look down at such an angle, but I continue despite the discomfort. I wonder if she has done this on purpose, causing this additional pain pleasure, even at this crucial moment between us. This is the part of Billy and all the others like her that has caused so much conflict between our people. Then a word, that label, spears my brain and I feel shame. Though she has demanded I call her this during our sessions together, I cannot feel light with the carelessness of it. Duality's. My vision has begun to blur, but I blink the blurriness away I must examine her. Billy's feet shift and I see that her beautiful erection has begun to lose its hopefulness. My heart is breaking and I see her body waver. She's on the verge of stepping off the step stool. I must stop her, but she hasn't given me permission to speak and so I cannot forbid her leaving. And my hands are tied. How can I touch her, prove to her that I accept her, that I love her? The numbness in my stick-like legs seems to have affected my brain. And when I see the last hesitation, 
of her shiny black boots as she moves to step from the stool, my hips thrust forward as if to grab her or somehow catch her. My Billy! The movement causes my cock to brush against hers, and she gasps and remains still. I find her eyes with mine, resolute and fearless. The soldier in my blood moves to action, and I thrust forward again, nudging her cock, proving to her that I love her. Even in the almost dark, I can clearly see the relief in her eyes, and now I can feel her fast-responding hardness. I bite down on my tongue, obeying my dominus command of silence, yet my thrusts are causing my throat to groan. Sweat trickles down my back, the sides of my face, as she leans closer, allowing my cock to pet hers. Speak. Her voice is thick with emotion. My breath explodes out. Don't leave me. I love you. Together, our kiss dissolves each of our fears. Mine that she would leave me. Hers that I wouldn't love all of her. Her hands are a flurry over my body, my nipples, and then my cock. Her tail. Her tail has a mind of its own. It slithers to my backside, snaps my flesh, and then soothes it with a gentle glide until I feel it between my cheeks, along my crack, nudging against my hole. She is a storm of passion, filling me until my heart is bursting with joy. My jaw creaks, weary from riding the tails of her tremendous stamina. She presses her body against mine. It is the first time I mentally curse the rope, but I hold steady for her. I will always be steady for her. I know that now. Our cocks drip together, and I thrust into her hand hard and fast. Then her tight fists points me toward the opening to her secret entrance. My eyes open wide as she hooks one long, slender leg around my waist. She guides my cock's swollen, seeping tip to her forbidden entrance much different from my usual accustomed entry at her backside. Suddenly, I remember her lifting the ban on my silence, and now I must command. Grab your cock with your other hand. Hold on to me. Now, Billy, I'm going to fuck you. Billy smiles brilliantly. Yes, my sweetling. She wraps her free arm around my neck, a tight squeeze because of my position, and tightens her thigh around my waist. If there is any extra weight pulling down from my wrists, I don't feel it. Ready? I ask, my cock screaming to get inside her. Yes. While looking into her eyes, Billy's deep, unselfish, loving eyes I thrust my cock into her pussy. She's so tight, so scorching hot, and soaking wet inside. This time she lets her bald head fall back and then screams. It's a primal sound that beckons me to thrust again and again, over and over. She strokes and screams and holds on to me as I fuck her, flicking her wondrous tail inside my asshole. 
In the almost dark, I plunge into Billy, alternating between losing myself in her screams and watching her stroke her little cock and feeling her tail up my ass. Her small breasts heave, her abdomen tightens. I feel my cum boiling in my sack, churning for release. Then Billy's body tenses, what it must feel like for her. I thrust with every ounce of sexual need within my body, and soon, cum is barreling up my cock. My molten seed explodes inside Billy with tremendous force, and then she tenses again, bears down on my rod, and strokes with furious madness until spurts of white liquid sex splashes between us. When her tremors ease, she presses into me, one shiny booted leg still around my waist, my cock still inside her, hers sandwiched between us. She slowly kisses moisture back into my mouth, then whispers into my sweat-soaked ear, Good boy. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. Things aren't always what they seem to be at the time. When in happier forms, you turn to your side. Another hideous crime could finally be counted. Give and take a few grams, it's 15 more pounds. We're not trying to break your knees We're too on time and peace Evil as we've been We're stuck somewhere between A place to stay, a place to be I'd like to thank the following musical artists Stuart Scarf Garmish Dustmotes Flex Vector Beethoven Chris Zabriskie Disperation, and the feature credit song, Doing Time, by Garmish. I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to my story, Dualities. I want to give a special thanks to Gary from New York and Steve and Melissa from St. Louis, Missouri, for calling in on the Kiss Me Quicks voicemail line. If you would like to call me with a question or a comment, please do. The number is... 202-810-KISS. It's 202-810-5477. You guys can get in on all my business, my upcoming news, my blog posts at thekissmequicks.com. I'm going to be having a couple of book giveaways, so check out the website for all of those upcoming event dates. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Pinterest, 
um, all of those social media sites, just search Rose Caraway and I will pop right up. I'm also trying to hook myself up with a Reddit account. Um, I've got the account set, but I have no idea how to use the thing. So if you guys have any clues or helpful hints, uh, email me or Facebook me. Uh, let me know how best to uh, wiggle my way around the Reddit thing. If you want to help support the show, go ahead on over to iTunes or Audible and search Rose Caraway, and you can find all the audiobooks that I've done. Plus, if you go over to the website, you guys can find all the upcoming audiobooks that I'm working on. For those of you that have left reviews for the audiobooks that you guys have purchased, Tool will be in your email box in one week. If you've left a review and haven't emailed it to me, go ahead and do that so that I can include you in that free audiobook giveaway. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon. stupid fish. You know, I realize that, you know, having sex in a cemetery is maybe tasteless for some people, but I don't care. You know, I'm going to die someday and and I invite you. I invite you to come and fuck on top of my grave. I think that that's fabulous. Um and who knows, maybe I'll get to take over your soul while you do. Um and ooh, that would be an interesting story. <laughs> Ooh, the lovely couple fucking on top of, of some grave and then the body gets to come back. Okay, well, anyway, yes, I invite you. Have sex on my grave and then, you know, um, there you go. <laughs> oh, that is so necrophilic. <laughs> I don't mean, you know, with my dead body. I mean, you know, on the ground, above my my tomb. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. Halo sex is coming. Halo sex is coming.